Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Ed Rush. Ed is a fighter pilot and a card-carrying member of the Million Mistake Club. Despite failing kindergarten, Ed graduated from Top Gun. Despite typing like a chicken on amphetamines, Ed wrote several best-selling books. Ed's hobbies include hiking, golf, fly fishing, and riding his own bio in the third person. He lives in San Diego with his wife, four offspring, and a bearded dragon named Smog. Oh, and sometime in the future, there's bound to be a puppy because, as everyone knows, every great story has a puppy. Ed's superpower is showing entrepreneurs how to use their messages to change the world by creating more income and impact. His mission is to connect you with God and let him do the rest because, frankly, he's got this. Ed, it's an honor to have you here today. Yeah, it's awesome to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk about how you can take, as you're listening to the show, how you can take your mission that God's given you, put it into Afterburner and flat out make it happen. So let's do it. I like it. I like it. So. Failing kindergarten to uh, <laughs> pilot, how does that work? Yeah, so I failed. I like, I, you know, I put that in my bio, as you as you said, as you so eloquently said, you know, I wrote my bio in the third person. And um, it's always funny because I, I, you know, I know a lot of speakers and authors. I mean, I've, I've trained probably more than a thousand, frankly. And uh, the bios are a very flowing, graduated from, you know, Yale, the doctorate. And nobody ever pays attention to that stuff. So when I write my bios, I try to tell the the truth <laughs> and only the truth. So help me God. But I did fail kindergarten. Uh, I don't like admitting that fact. I went to a Catholic school called St. Matthias. And if you've, if you read the Bible, which I'm assuming you have, if you're listening to this show, uh, Matthias was like an afterthought apostle. You know, he was not involved at all in any of the gospel. He doesn't show up anywhere. And then, you know, Judas kills himself and the apostles look around and they're like, well, the sign out front says 12 apostles. There's only 11 of us. We don't want to change the sign, so let's find another one, you know? And they do something very strange, if you're familiar with the story. They roll dice, uh, which, um, you know, ruffles the feathers of believers across the world, just that verse. But they roll this dice, and Matthias shows up. And it's such a perfect story because, uh, you know, a lot of the people that I talk to, and certainly I felt this way for a while, you know, we, we feel like we missed out or that you, you, you made too many mistakes or, you know, you missed the, you missed the good stuff. And Matthias is a perfect example of how you can miss the party, be totally late to the game, and still score a touchdown just because God thinks you're amazing. And so I did fail kindergarten at St. Matthias. My only rem- memory from that school is being in detention. And how do you how do you even put a kindergartner in detention for crying out loud? <laughs> but I but I did I did end up passing kindergarten the second time. Actually made my way all the way through college into the Marine Corps. And lo and behold, this you know sort of below average kid found out that he was a pretty good pilot. Uh, in fact, I was good enough to get to Top Gun, graduated from Top Gun at the top of my class, ended up as an instructor in the Marine Corps uh, for one against one dogfighting, went to Iraq a few times. And um, all I could say, maybe a lot of it because of God's providence on my life, things definitely turned around when I met him. Wow, that's amazing. And he absolutely is in the turnaround business. So anybody that's out there that's listening, that has made mistakes, that has had failure, he loves to use people like us to uh, walk things out. And and it gives him more glory because people look and say, if that guy could do it, clearly God had to be involved. uh, And I can do that as well. So that's exciting. And just to, you know, emphasize, 
you know, failure is in my background as well. I failed public speaking, and now I speak to people in public all the time. So God's got a great sense of humor, and he can use anything. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, so on the speaking side, I mean, that's fundamentally what I do for a living. And I've trained, I've, I've trained thousands of, of speakers, you know, and I, I always tell people, you don't have to be a great speaker. I say I'm a lot. Um, you don't have to be perfectly polished. I've tripped onto three stages. I, I walked out, out, out in front of a group of several hundred people with my zipper down once. You don't even have to be <laughs> polished. Uh, but what people really want to know is um, they want to know who you are and your story. And more than that, they want to know, do you really even care about me? Like, am I interesting or important to you? And so when I do my sh- my shows like this or when I do uh, speaking, you know, I speak directly to the person like that's there, like as though there's one person, like we're having a one-on-one uh, conversation. And so if you're in business or communication or in the arts or thinking about going to government or you're a homeschool mom, really the most important point is you don't even have to be good, frankly. And you don't have to be polished. You don't even have to be trained that much. What you really need to do is be able to care. And that's like the secret to everything. And interestingly, like that really helped me not only in the Marine Corps as a pilot, but it also helped me a lot in business. You know, we get we get our minds wrapped around. I know you're on the financial financial world. I'm in the I'm in the entrepreneurial space. We get our minds wrapped around tactics and techniques and strategies, and those are very very important. But what's more important, especially when you're in the business of moving people to action, is getting them to buy buy into your ideas. And they won't buy into your ideas if they think you're they're your ideas. They'll buy into your ideas if they think they're their ideas. And so. The way to create that kind of human connection is to speak one-on-one to the person's needs and desires and wants, and the world will move that way. It's unbelievable. And, um, you know, we've we've made a lot of mistakes, I think, in the church by trying to catalyze people around that movement instead of helping people catalyze around their movement. And everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a mission. Everyone has a plan that God has placed deep inside your heart. It's not to be a parking attendant in your church parking lot. Um, that may be a part of your calling, but your calling is way bigger than that. And part of my mission, Matt, in the world is just to be able to teach, train, equip people to accomplish their mission, uh, because it'll make it a lot easier for the rest of us to accomplish ours. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Well, I love that. And you know, this show is all about living a life on purpose, because there are plenty of people that are just walking around that, that don't even realize that they've got a purpose, A, and then B, uh, like you just spoke to, uh, you know, if they serve coffee at the church, then, oh, I'm living in my purpose. No, there is so much more than just doing that. And so what are some of the ways that you help people, you know, grow in those things and and learn more about uh, what that yeah. looks like? That's awesome, man. I mean, let's 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 look where we are. So, you know, when we used to do mission briefs in the Marine Corps, uh, we had a technique called SMEAC, S-M-E-A-C, and it was a way of of outlining a brief so that everyone understood every component of the mission. And the first letter S is situation. It goes situation, mission, execution, admin, logistics. Uh, uh, command and signal is the last one. Uh, admin and logistics, command and signal. SMEAC. And the first one is situation. We would sit down and go, here's the situation. And the first thing we would do is talk about where the enemy's at. They're in this spot. They're moving in this area. They have this disposition, this number of airplanes. That's the approach that we would typically take. Well, if you look at the world today, uh, it is obvious that the people who God called have not made it to the places where God called them. We have a government that clearly does not represent us. And, and by the way, I'm speaking about both sides of the aisle. Uh, we have an education system that's failing our kids. Uh, we have a health system that's completely corrupt and defunct. Uh, we've got a media and an arts and a culture that's been completely taken over. 
um, by, um, by evil, frankly. And at some point along the way, I realized I was complaining about this a lot. Uh, I was frustrated about it. And, you know, I, I would be having like a coffee or drinks with friends and I'd be like telling stories about how frustrating it is. And, and, and all of a sudden I realized about 10, 11 years ago, I realized, you know what, this situation is not my fault. Much like when I was in the Marines and I was going on a combat mission, the situation on the ground wasn't my fault, but it was about to become my responsibility. And uh, when I made that shift, when I made that decision that I was going to, all the things that I just mentioned, I was going to take that on as my responsibility. Uh, two things happened. Number one, I got very mission focused. And number two, I started to attract other people who are mission minded as well. And so my job is to train and equip people who are called to do great things. And the first step, as you so eloquently said in, your, in the way that you asked the question, the first step is understanding your purpose. What I can tell you from experience, and I've literally helped tens of thousands of people through a process like this, what I can tell you is that your purpose is far bigger than you think it is. Um, God right now, you know, he says he's been faithful in little, uh, will be faithful in much. And when I say that, a lot of times people go, oh man, you know, like, um, you don't even know my story. I've made so many mistakes. And that's the reason why the subtitle of my book says how to have a friendship with God, even if you've made a million mistakes. Because look, I've made more than a million. A lot of them, a lot of them I'm happy to tell you about, like walking onto a stage with my zipper down. But a lot of them I would never tell you about because they're so embarrassing. Like, why would I ever want to tell a story about that? And the truth is we're all in that same experience. And just like Matthias, you know, all the dumb mistakes Matthias, Matthias made on purpose. And so your purpose is a lot bigger than you think it is. And what's also happening is because so many people missed out on their purpose that left the world in the situation we are, what God's doing right now is he's looking for people who have an eye towards him because he's moving people into places. You might, you might not feel, feel equipped to lead in certain areas and he's moving in, into places. And one of the biggest mistakes we made in the, spiritual community is we completely misunderstood what the word ministry means. So Ephesians 4.11 says, God gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So when we think of ministry in the 2023 context, if I say, hey, that guy's in ministry, we either think he's the senior pastor, the youth pastor, the couple's pastor, or the, or the worship leader. Like that's the categories that we think of, right? Or maybe he like talks about giving a lot or something like that. Well, that's a very Americanized view of that world. Like, for example, if you uh, like, if you're in England, for example, and you say, "Oh, that guy is the minister of education," you know he's in charge of the education in in Great Britain. If you go to India, uh, and for, for that matter, I know uh, the former prime minister of Ethiopia, and he was the prime minister of the treasury. He was in charge of the treasury. The prime minister of England is the leader, de facto. You know, like really when it comes down to it in, in their constitutional monarchy. And so the rest of the world understands that the word ministry means to be in charge. America, for some reason, because we called all of our leaders secretaries for some reason, because we didn't want to be British, we forgot actually what that word actually means. Ministry means being in charge of things, taking command of things, if you want to use the military term, or taking dominion of things, if you want to use the Genesis 2 term. The point is, that's what you're called to do. And as you're listening to the show right now, if, if your heart's stirring inside you and you're like, oh my gosh, that's right. That's right. I have been called or I feel like, gosh, I want to, the, the movement of your heart is like the first indication that you're heading in the right direction. I can tell you without any equivocation or hesitation that the single greatest indicator of what God's purpose for you is, 
is that it's something you want to do. As we in, in the Christian community, we have got our head wrapped around the wrong axle. We have been we've taught people that God calls you to do things you hate doing. That is not true. God plants desires in your heart. In Psalm 37, 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The reason that's true is because if you're delighting in the Lord, your desires are his desires. So if God has given you a passionate burning heart for education, then you need to get your butt into education. And by the way, working as the coffee person in church is fine or the parking lot, but I've told my pastor before, I had a pastor come to me and say, hey, I would like you to be influential in leading this part of our church. I said, dude, I said, if I did that, it would take me totally off the mission that God has for me. He was like, man, I'm so glad you told me that. And I'm like, I'm so glad I told you that. And I, I asked him, I said, how many people say that to you? He's like, nobody, because nobody wants to disappoint the pastor. Can you think like that's the highest calling? It's not, it's not. Look, there's somebody right now called to be president by God who's not. There's a different person there. That person should be there and they're not there probably because they got mixed up about the idea of ministry and calling in any way. Dude, I could talk about this like, Two hours, but I'm going to stop there. No, it's it's really good, and it's extremely important because so many Christians have missed the mark. Because in the United States, especially, it's that the pastor is the leader, and in order to get people saved, you know, you you just invite your friend to church. And the reality is, Jesus said, "As you go, advance the kingdom." Yeah. Yeah. And so, everywhere we place our feet, that's where we're supposed to be taking ground for Him. And so many people have just surrendered these different aspects of society. And that's why the world looks like the world, because we've got a real enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and Jesus yeah. came to bring life to the full. So if people would walk in the fullness of who God has made them to be, then the world would look completely different. It would look like heaven on earth. But because we've got the, the enemy who is gaining ground, and, and a lot of Christians have just said, you know what, I, I give up. I'm going to surrender this to... Uh, and I'm just going to let the church fix it. Well, the church has done a terrible job, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. because you know clearly they haven't stood for what God has wanted them to stand for. And they've said, I don't want to get involved in politics, or I don't want to get involved in these social issues, or I don't want to offend people. Jesus was offensive. Jesus spoke the truth in love. And the reality is, if we model him and not just failed procedures and processes and wishful thinking, then the world would look completely different. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. You know, your book, God Talks, Tell me what that's about and, and how that's going to help people realize that, that we've got a living God that wants relationship with us and uh, to walk more in what we're talking about. Awesome. Yeah. And so this really lays on the context. This is why I think your first question was so good. It lays on the context of what I just described, of the fact that in the situation that we're in, the world needs you. Um, and I'm passionate about helping. I will crawl over broken glass to help you accomplish 
your mission, like I said, because it makes it easier for every one of us to accomplish our mission. So kind of two things led to this book. Number one, um, you know, I was, I'm a business guy. So I'm a, I'm a speaker, author, coach. I, I, I advise businesses on, on marketing strategy and ideas and positioning and branding. And, um, you know, I've been a believer since I was like eight years old. So I've always been very spiritual and I've tried to dedicate as much of my life to God. And I was sitting in my chair one day um, and I was having this conversation with God, which is what I do. I just have these conversations with God. And I decided that day I was going to be very disciplined, you know, Matt, because I'm, I'm a Marine. I was going to be very disciplined. I said, today I'm going to pray for an hour. I'm going to pray for an hour today. So I sat down in my chair. I started praying. I had this list. I had this like laminated list that I was going to pray through, you know, and I'm like praying through my list. And like 10 minutes into praying, my mind started wandering. And uh, I got really frustrated because you know how that happens. Your mind wanders while you pray. You're like, man, I'm dedicating this time to God. Next thing you know, my mind's wandering. Well, my mind actually that day was wandering. I had a, I had a business deal going down that afternoon. And that deal would eventually be a six-figure deal for me. So it was a pretty significant deal uh, for me. And I was, I was in prayer, dedicating myself to God. And I started thinking about this business deal. And I'm like, come on, Ed, like you're better than this. You know, you're trying to be spiritual, stop being so worldly. All you're thinking about is money. And so I would bring myself back to prayer. And then I would, five minutes later, my mind was back on this deal. And I'm like in the conversation, thinking through the numbers. And, and then I bring my mind back again. And then my mind wanders again. And it, dude, it took like 25 minutes of this back and forth until it dawned on me, like it was like a lightning bolt out of heaven that God himself was bringing that topic into our conversation. What he was doing was he was partnering with me in my business and my finances and my life. And it blew my mind. See, I always thought like the spiritual stuff is over here and the business stuff is over here. And yeah, you know, be moral and give, but eh, you know, it was not much like, and then I realized I'm like, oh, wait a second, this deal was important to me. And because of that, it was important to God. And it was important to the other business too. And so because of it was important there, it was important to God too. And I'm like, man, that's amazing. And then a few weeks later, I was praying and I had this vision. I saw the face of God looking at the church and I literally saw God turn like 90 degrees and begin to look at business. Now, in this moment, some strange things started happening in my business events. I do big business events like, you know, where I teach positioning and branding and marketing. And I was in the middle of a business event and God said, you're going to pray for that person right over there. And I'm like teaching, dude, I'm on stage, like God's speaking to me and I'm trying to like pay attention to my content. And God goes, you're going to pray for that person over there. And I said, no, I'm not. I don't think you understand God. Uh, this is a business event. People are here for business. And by the way, anytime you say, uh, I don't think you understand God, you're, you're already off on the wrong foot. Okay. It's like, I have a 15 year old son and he'll go, dad, you don't understand. I'm like, I understand, you know, like, trust me, I got it. Uh, so anyway, I had this conversation. So I'm speaking to my group while at the same time, having this conversation with God, that argument with God, and finally, I couldn't stop. I couldn't get out of my head. So I was like, fine. And in the middle of this event, I'm like, do you mind if I pray for you? Turns out the woman had stage four cancer, had made its way into her bones. And God was kind enough to give her a long reversal and reprieve from that awful, awful um, uh, uh, physical problem. And my eyes all of a sudden opened up to the fact that it's not just the evils of business or money or whatever. Like God is intensely interested in all aspects of life. And in a lot of ways, there were people at my events that couldn't, he, he, could, he wasn't going to be able to get through to. Here's what I mean by this. I, I had people who suffered some of the worst kinds of abuse. I had people who, who, who had, had been abused by churches, you know, 
who showed up at my business event because they wanted to grow their business and brand and they would never go to church and probably still won't, you know? But God cared about them and he knew they weren't going to walk into the doors of the church, but they would walk into the doors of my event and they were fed unbelievable ideas about business and positioning and branding and entrepreneurship and productivity and also wrapped in the context of the fact that God is king over the world and he wants you to prosper. And that started blowing people's minds, dude. So I I decided a few years ago, I'm like, I'm going to write this book, man. I have a technique that I teach people how to ask God questions and get answers. And I will just tell you, full transparency, it always works. I don't know how or why it always works. I've done this with over 10,000 people from all walks of life, atheists, Buddhists, Hindus, skeptics, Muslims, Christians, like people who pretend to believe something but don't. Uh, and and I'll pause for a moment just to say, uh, the only people that are critical of this are believers. And I get a lot of Christians who will ask me, how, how can you teach atheists to hear from God? And I say, first of all, if you had told me 12 years ago I was going to be teaching atheists to talk to God, I would have told you I had turned into a heretic. So I get it. Like, I get the question. But the short answer is really simple. I teach everyone how to talk to God because God loves them. And, and by, by extension, so do I. Who am I to tell God who he can have a conversation with, you know? And so I started doing this at my events. I started teaching people how to ask God questions and get answers. And I teach a very simple process where you ask a series of questions and journal. You journal the answers. And the answers are life-changing. Uh, and then the next step of the process really is what makes this book and this message unique over everything. Because the fact is, in the Christian world, there's people who teach people how to talk to God. And in the business world, there's people who teach neuropsychology and how to train your brain, how to rewire your brain. But there's nobody in the world who teaches you how to put those two things together. And the fact is, if you're rewiring your brain outside of a context of God's guidance, you're going to mess yourself up. But if you're just talking to God and you're not retraining the way you think, the results that God's trying to bring to you will not come, not because God can't, but because often God won't. So for example, if you're the kind of person whose brain has been trained, like for example, I, I grew up thinking money doesn't grow on trees or money is the root of all evil, you know, or money was going to make me evil or whatever. So because I was, I grew up that way, when God was trying to send me financial blessing, I was pushing it away subconsciously because I didn't know like, you know, uh, that money was actually blessed. You're blessed to be a blessing. And so the first thing I had to do is retrain. I had to get clear with God about what money was, but then I had to train my brain properly to think in that context. And that's what this book does. We start with the brain stuff and I show you the three parts of the mind, the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, which you've heard about, and then the superconscious, which is your connection to God. And then I show you how to connect your superconscious with God, how to download instructions from him in, in a conversation, and then how to use those to then retrain your brain so that you can receive what God's coming, uh, bringing to you. And the results are unbelievable. Um, you just have to try it, okay? The only, I'm telling you, it's crazy. The only people, the only people I've, that are critical, I, like, I mean, I've, there's a lot of people that are doing this and it works, like I said, all the time. And everyone who does it, it works for. And the only people who have been critical of it haven't even tried it. I'm like, dude, just give it a try. Like, have the conversation, you know, just see if it works, you know? So anyway, that's that's the book. God Talks, it's called God Talks. A pretty simple title. Yeah, it's a great title because God is speaking. And the reality is most people are not positioning themselves to hear what he has to say. 
And, you know, they, they've either been taught the wrong things that, you know, he, he spoke long ago, but he doesn't speak now. And, you know, you can speak to him, but he's not speaking back. If he does, then you're crazy. You know, yeah. whatever the world has lied to us about, you know, I think it's amazing that you are teaching everyone to speak to God in teaching them how to hear from him. Because the reality is, whether somebody's saved or lost, the Lord loves them. And, and whether they are in relationship with him or they're running away from him, he still loved them and loves him. And, and so at the end of the day, his heart is to reach everybody. You know, the parable of the lost sheep, you know, it, it's, you know, the 99, he would leave them behind to go find the one. So the reality is he wants to reach you if you are lost just as much as he wants to talk to the person that's saved. He's still speaking to everyone. Yeah. It's a matter of knowing what his voice sounds like recognizing it and being able to have that conversation. So, uh, and I agree with you that uh, typically the only people that I get uh, pushback on from some of the, you know, deep supernatural stuff that we talk about on this show, it's, you know, religious people. So um, I agree 100%. And I just, I think that it is, it's so important that people you know, they realize like God is so much bigger than we can fathom. And he wants involvement in all aspects of our life. And, you know, I too, when I realized that marketplace ministry, it, it's where God has called me to be. I am in the ministry and he places people in this office. He places people online. He places people all around the world that he's connecting me with that I might not have ever met in a church. You know, he, he's not asking me to invite them to church. He's inviting me into relationship with them so that I can minister to them and I can bring the Holy Spirit into the conversation and do some things that, you know, they wouldn't have allowed, uh, you know, somebody else to even speak into their life on. So yeah, I yeah. think that it's extremely important that, you know, we recognize that he's very relational. He He is constantly trying to have conversations with us, but uh, in doing that, we've got to prepare our hearts. We've got to prepare our minds. We've got to know how to do that. Mm -hmm. So practical teaching is is extremely important. And so I appreciate you doing that. So can I tell you a quick story that really sort of brought this home? So I was doing one of my exercises before my events. It was teaching people God talks. And this woman had come to my event. I, I used to do these. I do these full events now, but I used to do this as a morning session, like an optional session at my events. And this woman came to my event. Her name was Maya. Maya, uh, for context, so she's in her 60s when she showed up at my event. But from age 5 to 17, she had been abused by her father, sexual, sexually abused by her stepfather, actually. And um, she never told anyone for 40-some years. She was like her secret. She never said anything to anyone. And so she shows up early to the event, and I'm in the middle of doing this God talk session. She walks in the door. And I'm getting to the part where I'm like, take your notepad, ask God questions, journal the answers. And her brain's screaming, get the heck out of here. <laughs> like, go away, go get some coffee, come back later. But to give her credit, she sat down and she did the exercise. And she, and so she, she asked God the first question. And out of the darkness, God speaks to this woman who's an atheist, right? And then she asked God the second question. And out of the darkness and silence, God speaks to this woman who's an atheist. I don't know any of this is happening, but I do know that after the event, she came up to me with a yellow pad of paper, like the one I'm holding in my hand. We're on video. I know you're listening on audio. And she said, Ed, I'm an atheist and I have two pages of notes from God. How does that work? And I said, <laughs> Hey, Maya, like, you're an atheist, man. You tell me how that, I don't know, you know? 
you, you figure it out. So turns out a few months later, she tells me the story, which she had never told me. And she told the story about the abuse and the pain and the shame and the never telling anyone. And God begins to break through that. And he begins to heal her heart. And it's interesting because it makes sense to me, right? Her, heaven, her earthly father was such a jerk. Why would she ever believe in an all-powerful kind? Like it, it's a very natural move for a human being when you have a father who's so horrible to shut down any other possibility that there's something bigger than that, you know? And so because God understood her journey, he was sensitive and kind enough to join her in that conversation in the way that was very healing. And three months later, dude, she's standing on my stage telling her story that she hadn't told anyone for 40 years. Now, I mean, all I did really at that point was I just facilitated that conversation. I just facilitated the conversation. And by the way, that's ministry. You know, that's ministry. The thing I did later when I taught people how to make money using their marketing and brand, that was ministry too. The point there is God is intensely interested in your story. And because of the work that I do, I hear a lot of stories. I hear a lot of stories. I've heard a thousand stories of brokenness and pain and abuse and shame. And a lot of people come and tell me they think they've made too many mistakes, that, that they messed up their life or that they missed out. And the fact is, it's really only that internal dialogue that is, that is the problem. It's not that you made all those mistakes, because trust me, the people who are leading our country have made those mistakes too. Like, it's not like they're dis, you're disqualified. God's going to take you and use you in the way that you are. And sometimes, interestingly enough, those stories become the story that becomes the thing that moves people around you. And I can tell you in Maya's case, she she's not, she's a, like a big time lawyer, big wave surfer. Like she's a powerful woman and she always has been. Now she's taking that story and she's teaching women. And so it's so kind of God to allow her to heal from that emotional trauma, to allow her to forgive her dad, which is very hard for her to do. But, you know, in God's kindness, it's funny, kind of interesting you would think he would wipe the memory away, right? Just take it all away. But he leaves this little remnant with no power, which I love I love that phrase, by the way, this little remnant with no power, because that little remnant is the foundation for her to be able to go and help all these other women, you know? And it's just a beautiful story about a life that was transformed. And it's part of the mission. It's part of my mission, man. I want to take, I want to take people who feel broken and abused and beat up and like, you know, most people, frankly, the person who hurt them the most is themselves. That's certainly true in my story. And wrap all that stuff up and give you your power back so that you can flat out change the world. Because it's like, it's not too late, but we're getting to the point where it might be eventually if we don't make it this time. So yeah, that's my goal. Transform government, education, arts, media. I want to buy Disney with a conglomerate of people. We're looking to try to buy the New York Times and CNN. I'm not messing around, man. I'm not, I'm not, this is not a small mission and it's not for small people, but it's a good one to get on board. <laughs> so that's yeah. all I have to say about that. Well, I, I think that, you know, the biggest lie that the enemy makes people believe is, you know, they're irredeemable yeah. and that the, the struggles that they've experienced, first of all, they're the only ones that have experienced that. And if they share those things that they're going to be rejected even more so than they've already been rejected before. And the reality is when we shine light into the darkness, that's when it takes away the power from him. You know, so it, it gives God the ability to come in and heal things. Uh, he's the only one that can heal some of those things. 
And the reality is we've got to let him into those situations. But when he does, and we share that testimony, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So that gives them the ability to do it again for somebody else. Yeah. And so when people speak about the things that were the most difficult things that they've ever had to overcome, and then somebody else hears, oh, that person's willing to you know, speak about this, it breaks the stronghold for them, but then it breaks strongholds for other people too. So those walls continue to come down and it's amazing. I mean, it's interesting when you hear people. So I, so as an advisor to business owners, I've trained myself to listen to the way people speak because how they speak reflects fully their internal coding. It's all processing. And, um, and I can say with full confidence, and I'm not a theologian or a pastor or anything like that. I can say with full confidence, God is less concerned with your sin than, than you think he is. He took care of it. He already like did it. And in the New Testament says, first of all, you're a new creation. Second, you have the righteousness of Christ. If you just think about that for a moment, that'll blow your mind. Okay. And so what happens is because of our internal coding, I'll hear someone say something like this. Hey man, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And when people tell me that I say, no, you're not. You were a sinner now you're a new creation. Stop calling yourself a sinner. By the way, anytime you start a sentence with I am just, it's wrong, okay? I'm just a plumber. I'm just a mom. I'm just this guy. No, you're not. You were made in the image of God. Check it out. That's in the beginning. That's long before you made all those dumb mistakes on purpose. You were made in the image of God and you are a new creation. Who do you think you are to call God's new creation? I have someone who goes, man, I'm just failing. I'm just failing every day. I'm just failing every day. And my, I said, would you just stop saying that? Shut up, man. Failing every day. You say that? Of course you're fa- like, of course you make mistakes. But you start the day, I'm just failing every day. You know what that projects into your dumb day? Like, stop it. Stop saying all these things about yourself. And the church, we are the worst at this because we say these dumb, unbiblical things. And then we like pat each other on the back. Oh man, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a, you know, uh, what so I had a client tell me this. What was the phrase that he used? He said, yeah, I'm just, you know, he goes, I'm just struggling my way through life. I'm like, dude, that sounds like some such great Christian, like, oh, hooray. No, stop it. Stop it. And by the way, none of the enemy's children say that. Okay. You don't ever hear like Nancy Pelosi, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by God. I'm just struggling. My No, stop it. Start thinking about yourself like God thinks about you. He thinks you're amazing, okay? He thinks you are brilliant. He created you with a purpose and a plan. And, and stop, like stop with the, listen, listen, I'm going to do this. I get off my soapbox after <laughs> this, this part, okay? He died on the cross, okay? And then he rose again. And then he ascended to God's right hand, where Paul says in Ephesians 2, you are seated with him. As believers, we get stuck on Friday too much, you know, just struggling with my sin, just like working. Look, I struggle with sin too. Don't get me wrong. But listen, that's Friday, okay? When you start remembering that you ascended in heaven and you're seated at God's right hand, and he, Paul isn't saying like metaphorically, he didn't say like, you know, you know, think about it this way, even though we know you're not seated with God. He said, you're seated at God's right hand. If you start thinking about yourself in that that context, you will not have Friday problems anymore. And let me just be very clear about this. The Christian church has trained men over the last 40 years to meet at Denny's on Tuesday mornings 
to talk about the one thing they're not supposed to do. Let me just be very direct. If all you do is meet at Denny's on Tuesday to talk about the one thing you're not supposed to do, you're definitely going to do that thing. Because if you talk about it all the time, you're going to do it, okay? Just stop talking about it. Get your butt on mission, get seated at God's right hand, and that stuff begins to take care of itself because you finally understand who you are. All right, that's it. I guess all I got, that's all I got in, the, in the toolbox today. But man, it's very important. It. And there's someone listening to this right now that as I said that, the light bulb just went on for you and you saw 40 years of Christian, sort of like weird Christian brainwashing that needs to go away in place of the truth of the Bible. Let me be clear about that. When I say Christian brainwashing, I wasn't talking about the Bible. I was talking about the things that we brought in to teach in addition to the Bible, like Jesus criticized the Pharisees for. Okay. So like, yeah, come on, let's do this thing. We got to make it, man. Got to get, get on our mission and crush this thing. So there. Yes. Yes. I love this. It is uh, an extremely empowering message and it is extremely important that people recognize what the word of God says. They line up their mission, their purpose with that. And they walk in it every single day because there is a very real enemy that that does not stop, does not sleep, will continue to take ground if we do not walk into the calling that God has for every single one of us. We've got to take back the ground that's been given up, that often surrendered. I mean, they're, like surrendering to God is the only good type of surrender. And we have relinquished so much territory because we didn't want to get involved in different things. And the reality is God wants to reclaim that territory yeah. for his good to expose the darkness and bring in light because there's a whole world that is desperate to see him in his fullness. It's right on. I love it. So how can people learn more about you? How can they get the book? The two things real quick I'll give you. First of all, the book is at godtalks.com. That is the easiest website to remember. It's just God, which you already know how to spell, talks, which you also know how to spell, uh, .com. When you go there, first of all, you get a link to the book. It's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and basically everywhere books are sold. But you'll also get a series of downloadable audios and online resources that are totally free. They're my gift to you. You can press play, put your headphones on, and do your first God Talk within minutes, okay? So that's godtalks.com. Uh, full disclosure, I probably make three to five bucks off of each book, so it's not a big money maker for me. It's a mission thing for me, okay? The second thing I'll give you, and uh, Matt, I'm just going to do this for your folks. Uh, just keep this between us, uh, but I'm going to actually give you my email address. Uh, and when you get the book... Uh, and you let me know that you got the book. That's all you need to do. You can tell me your story if you want to. That's cool. Uh, but if you just say, hey, Ed, I got the book. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two free tickets to my next event. They are totally free. You don't have to pay me a dime. I do these events called God Talks Live. It's a two-day immersive experience where you will spend two days in a conversation with God, helped and coached by me and some of my team members, uh, and it will blow, you will see things at this event you've never seen before. You will see uh, miracles, okay? It's unbelievable what happens when lives get changed. Stories like Maya's happening in real time. Uh, and you don't have to pay me for those. Those tickets are usually 300 bucks. They're my gift to you, but you do have to email me. So just tell me you got the book. The email, by the way, is coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, at edrush.com. That's my name. So it's coaching at edrush.com. And I'd love to connect with you, Matt. Thank you for having me on the show. It's an honor uh, to be here. And I really appreciate what you're doing in the world and really going after it and sharing this message. It's, it's important for us to get out of the shadows, you know, and I appreciate you being courageous enough and bold enough to, to share this message as well. So thank you. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Ed. I've enjoyed talking with you and appreciate all that you're doing as well. And if this has inspired you, we hope that you will share this message with a friend and follow us, like us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose. Always, it's been an honor to to have you all listen today and we'll be back in two weeks.